0: All right, DJ and PK, it's time to talk NFL draft. Dane Brogo writes all about it for the athletic, and he joins us right now on the Sprint special guest line. Sprint, making it safe and easy to get what you need online. Visit sprint.com for online services and local store availability. Dane, good morning. Good morning. How are you guys? Doing well. Uh, there are a lot of things to talk to you about, some of the uh, local guys we're curious about. But first, let's start at the top of the draft. And I guess the big question mark, Tua Tagovailoa. I mean, Alabama, he's in the spotlight. We've all watched him play in big games. And it seems like a huge question mark. What level of confidence do you have that he will go to Miami at number 5 and be a Dolphin? And what other scenarios are in play, and how much do you think they're they realistic? well, I don't have any confidence that that's going to happen. I don't
1: know how anybody could, except uh, unless you're the Miami Dolphins, you know, because there's just, there's too much unknown out there, uh, especially with not, not only just the durability factor, the medicals, but you throw in this past month and everything that's happened. So no pro day, no visits. um, You know, those are the type of things that teams rely on to get a lot of information. So, uh, when it comes down to Tua, it just comes down to uh, how how risk adverse are you? Um, you know, how willing are you to take that chance? And if you are, uh, you know, it's and it's not just in a vacuum; it's with the context of you know Justin Herbert from Oregon. Um, you know, assuming Joe Burrow goes one, like we all believe he will, then who's going to be the next quarterback off the board? Uh, do you take the risk of going with uh, Tua, or is the gap? close for you, close enough, where it's worth going to Justin Herbert um, who has his own issues, has some, some things he needs to work through, but you know at least he's a guy that has a better resume in terms of uh, being a four-year starter and relatively clean uh, medicals. Uh, so there's just so many variables involved with the process that I don't know how anybody could have any confidence uh, that two is going to go in the top five or to the Dolphins. Um, if I had to bet on it right now, I'd say there's a better chance of Justin Herbert uh, going to Miami at five uh, than Tua. But, uh, you yeah, we have two weeks left, and so we're going to certainly learn a lot here over these next two weeks.
0: Even if everybody is healthy, isn't with qu- still a risk no matter what? Oh, sure.
1: Uh, You know, when you talk about uh, drafting quarterbacks, uh, you know, there's – it's still a risky proposition in the top ten first round, um, and you – Joe Burrow is going to go number one for a reason you know he's coming off arguably the, the best college football season for a quarterback we've ever seen uh, but now after that you you break it down and each one of these guys there's something to worry about with Tua uh, you know he's a guy that likes to extend plays uh, and with that he takes hits on his body and his body has not been able to hold up whether it's the hip whether it's uh, you know he's had procedures on both ankles um, and there's there's other medical stuff going on and so you have to worry about him holding up for a six team game schedule. That just, that, that seems unlikely. You throw in Justin Herbert, who uh, he was never, as a four-year starter, he never earned first or second team All-Pac 12. Uh, you know, he was never that guy that just took over games and dominated. He's just, he's very solid. Um, you know, he would make plays, but then he'd also kind of make a play that left you scratching your head. And so just, there's just, there's things that are missing from his evaluation that you just wish you would see when you talk about investing a top 10 pick in a quarterback. So, uh, you know, there's, there's a lot to like about these guys. And I throw Jordan Love in there too, out of Utah state uh, coming off a season that was pretty disappointing uh, compared to what he did in 2018. So, with all these guys, there's reasons to be encouraged. There's also reasons why, you know, would it wouldn't be a surprise three years from now if we look back and they end up being a bust.
0: Do you think the Chargers with a six pick are committed to a quarterback, too? That would make three of the top six QBs, or do you think they might go another direction?
1: Yeah, I think if we, I think that certainly makes sense. Tyrod Taylor right now is basically the only quarterback on their depth chart, um, and so it would it would certainly uh, make some sense that they went out and drafted one of these guys at, at number six. If uh, Herbert does go five, then Tua is sitting there at six. You now what's What's their tolerance for risk at that point? Is that do they see that as uh, worth the gamble at that point? Um, and that's something that only the Chargers could answer. Uh, you know, again, without these pro days and all that, it's just it's tough to make that prediction. But right now, that would be my guess. If I, I'm coming out with a mock draft later this week, and it's going to be Joe Burrow one, Justin Herbert five to the Dolphins, and it's going to be Tua at, at number six to the Chargers. Uh, but you know, over these next two weeks, hopefully, we'll be able to find out more in terms of where each team sits with these quarterbacks.
0: So let's talk a little bit about uh, Jordan Love. What have you heard about NFL teams? What are they saying? What do you think? um, What do you think they're thinking about the Aggie quarterback?
1: It would be interesting if he had if the season that he had this year, 2019. If you flip that with his 2018 season, you know it would just be fascinating to see how we would be talking about Jordan Love if his sophomore year happened as a junior, um, and you know he went from struggling to this really impressive year cause as a sophomore, 32 to six touchdown interception ratio. Um, this past year, 20 to 17. Um, obviously, that's not the direction you want to go. Uh, so it, it's something that is brought up quite a bit when talking with teams. Um, it just, you know, why the dip, um, you know, is this, it, you, you hear positive things about him as a person. Um, the skill set is uh, exactly what you want. Uh, you know, his movement skills, his arm, his release. Uh, but, uh, you know, so from a physical standpoint, you, you like the loose passing skills, the arm talent, but right now he just doesn't have a great feel for tempo, uh, with his progressions, uh, with reading the defense, he just, it's going to require time, uh, to develop mentally. And that's just, it's always tough at the NFL level. Um, you know, we saw him at Utah state start to press a lot when his team needed to play. Um, and it's, you know, he's the only guy on that Utah state offense that is, you know, a future NFL player. Uh, so, you know, it, 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 it understandable why it would take some time, or you know, he would want to press and make a play, and that led to mistakes. And so, you know, do you give him, do you forgive him for that, and say we can develop him? Um, you know, that's what teams are debating uh, and debated throughout the process. So, uh, Jordan Love's going to go somewhere in the top forty picks. Um, you know, he could slip to the second round, kind of like Drew Locke in last year. Um, he could still go first round. Uh, he's going to go somewhere in those top forty picks, and uh, landing spot's going to be huge for him if he's able to go to some place like, say, Indianapolis. Uh, they've got the second pick in the second round. Whether they trade up into the back first or they stay put at that, that second pick in the second round, I think that would be a great landing spot for him going to uh, an offensive-minded head coach, an organization that's going to be real, willing to build around him. Uh, you could learn under Phillip Rivers for a year, maybe two. I think that would be an ideal fit uh, if Love ended up in uh, Indianapolis.
0: Another guy everyone here expects to go really early is Jalen Johnson, defensive back out of the University of Utah. They should have a lot of guys drafted. Uh, Are you pretty sure he'll be the first one, and do you think he'll be in the first round or the second? Yeah, I'd be pretty surprised if Jalen Johnson was
1: not uh, the first Utah player uh, drafted. Uh, He has a chance to go in the first. I think you look at the teams that are drafting in the late first round, a couple of them make a lot of sense for Jalen Johnson. I think Kansas City sitting there at the 32nd pick. Uh, I think that'd be a great fit uh, with what Kansas City's looking for and then what Jalen Johnson has to offer. Um, I think that would be a, a great marriage uh, with the player and the team. And, you know, with Jalen Johnson, he's a guy that I, I would like to see him be a little bit better of a finisher, uh, needs to continue his development with his instincts, but the athletic traits are there. He can ride defenders up and down the field. The competitive mentality, the professional approach that he brings, those are all selling points that are going to help him go pretty high and um, uh, you know, I think the, the the better debate might be who's going to be the next Utah player drafted um, after Jalen Johnson. Is it going to be Bradley and who had tremendous production uh, at Utah, but doesn't really have a lot of the traits that teams are looking for? Ran a four nine in a forty shorter arms. You know, where, where, does that drop him to you know late second, early third? Um, you know, is, is, who's who's going to be that next Utah player drafted? I think it's probably going to be a but you throw in Trill Burgess, who's got a good chance to be a third-round pick. Lucky Fotu could be there in the third round. Um, you know, I, I think that Zach Moss, as uh, the durability issues might hurt him a little bit, but still a guy that is such a productive running back. He's going to be off the board somewhere in that third-round range. So I think that Jalen Johnson is going to be the first Utah player drafted, and then probably Bradley Anai is the next one. And then you know, there's just a group of really good Utah players that uh, yeah, you're, you're, you're absolutely are right. Certainly going to be well represented on uh, draft weekend.
0: You know when you talk about Johnson to the Chiefs, Andy Reed and Kyle Whittingham have a tie going back to the BYU days so yeah, boy if, if Andy would ever be convinced that he knows every last detail there is to know, it would be after talking to Kyle because uh, I think there's, yeah. a, there's a relationship and a lot of trust there. How many total Ute players do you think are going to get drafted?
1: Uh, you know, I think you look at it and, uh, it it starts with, uh, Jalen Johnson, obviously Bradley and I lucky foe Two, um, and Terrell Burgess, Zach Moss. I think those five players have a shot to go in the top 100. And then on day three, that's when you're looking at Francis Bernard. Um, so, okay. That's, that's six, um, uh, let's look on the defense. I think uh, a defensive tackle, um, you know, Lucky foe2 uh, is going to get drafted early, but then I also think John Pannacini has a shot late. Uh, so that'd be seven. And then you go uh, to the secondary, and it's not just Jalen Johnson, obviously, and Terrell Burgess. You know, they've got a few other guys back there that could. Uh, possibly get drafted late with Guidry, who obviously is track star. That's going to help him. Um, so he's he got a shot. And then Julian Blackman's interesting coming off the injury. He's kind of been out of sight, out of mind. So when it's all said and done, uh, you know, there's a good chance eight, you know, probably nine players from Utah going to hear their name over draft weekend, which is just tremendous representation. Uh, there will be plenty of SEC teams, Big Ten teams that. Don't, uh, don't reach half of that number so uh, Utah will definitely be one of the teams we hear a lot on draft weekend
0: you think Jalen Johnson is a first round guy yeah, I think he's
1: uh, he's right on the cusp. I think when you you break it down, Jeff Okuda from Ohio State's the top corner. I think C.J. Henderson has established himself um, as a number two corner uh, out of Florida, and then that's where it gets debatable. Uh, you know, some teams I think are going to look at Trevon Diggs from Alabama. You know, over six one, two hundred five pounds, really good athlete. Um, you know, ball skills for days. Uh, Trevon Diggs is going to be highly rated by some. A.J. Terrell from Clemson. Uh, another guy, 6'1", uh, 200 pounds, good size. Um, I think you throw Jeff Gladney in there from TCU, Christian Fulton from LSU. Uh, There's just a, a, such a mix of different types of corners um, after those first two that it's really a, a widespread, uh, you know, differing opinions throughout the league about who's in the order of these corners. But Jalen Johnson's right in there. And so I think, you know, you look at the late first round, some of the teams that are picking there in the late first. It would certainly make a lot of sense uh, to see uh, Jalen Johnson sneak into the back half of round one and and go to one of those teams. And even if he doesn't go late one, he's going to go early two. He's not going to have to wait very long to hear his name called.
0: Dan Brugler joining us, NFL draft writer for The Athletic. We're going to have Matt Bushman, BYU tight end, on in a few minutes. There were some thoughts that he might go. He's decided to come back for his senior year. And I know once a guy's out of the draft pool, that you know that's not your priority now. But I wondered if you had heard about him, what teams liked, what they want to see from him uh, since he's going to play another year of college football. Do you have anything on him?
1: Yeah, well, you know, he—I was a little surprised that he did decide to go back. You know, being—you uh, know—he's already married, and you know, he's uh, a little bit of an older guy, being—you uh, know—a little more mature. I thought he might be ready for the next level, but um, and he's got that interesting NFL connection. His father-in-law being Chad Lewis, uh, who is obviously a, a great resource uh, for him and, and a former NFL tight end for a lot of years. Certainly something, someone who can help him um, in terms of. Uh, developing his route tree and just getting better as an overall tight end. Uh, you know, with Matt Bushman, there's, there's a lot to like just physically. He looks the part, uh, like the way he can snatch the ball. Uh, he, he looks really balanced uh, in his routes and then after the catch. Uh, you know, he can bounce off tackle attempts, uh, be more than just a possession guy. He can do a little bit after the catch. Um, So going back for uh, another year, in 2020, just want to see more production out of him, especially in the red zone, um, become more uh, more polished with his route running to create that separation, Um, work the middle of the field. So going into next year, he's definitely on the short list of tight ends that NFL teams are watching. So, um, you know, he's definitely a guy uh, to watch for the 2021 draft.
0: Do you think receivers are more valuable in terms of being drafted higher than running backs are right now?
1: Oh, I don't think there's any any question about that. With uh, the way that the NFL is set up currently, and just the simple fact that at one at, at any one moment you're likely going to have three or four receivers on the field compared to you know one running back, and so the sheer numbers, uh, you know, we're going to see higher volume of receivers drafted early just because you can get those guys on the field uh, where teams are, uh, you know, occasionally they'll put two running backs on the field at the same time. Uh, but for the most part, you're going to have one. And, you know, you're you're looking at a position that, uh, you know, has shown year after year, you can find talent later in the draft. And so, uh, you know, we have some really good running backs this year. J.K. Dobbins from Ohio State, DeAndre Swift from Georgia, uh, Jonathan Taylor, Wisconsin, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, LSU. These guys are all first-round quality players who might not go in the first round because uh, just being squeezed out at the position. Um, and you know, meanwhile, we're going to see uh, four or five, maybe six receivers go in the first round and then plenty more throughout day two and day three. Uh, wide receiver, uh, we, we might set a record this year for most receivers drafted. Where running back, there's certainly talent in this class in terms of uh, where they're going to go, though, that that's the kind of the question mark. We, we might not see them go as early as we have in the past.
0: Dane, we appreciate a few minutes. Thanks for coming in and talking a little uh, NFL draft with us. All right, anytime. Thanks, guys. Dane Brugler, NFL draft writer for The Athletic, joining us right here on 97.5 and 1280 The Zone.